All right, folks, it's another Thursday. That means we got things to talk about here at the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're starting off with the MJF era. And what does that mean? Can he carry the company? Is he the most must-watch uh, person on this roster right now in, in all of wrestling? It's a lot that we can kind of dive into there. Uh, Impact Wrestling is in the news. This time, I actually feel this is for something that actually may bring people back in the door to this product. So we got Impact Wrestling news, and of course, we're going to talk some other WWE things. We got a lot to talk about tonight, folks. So yeah, let's jump into tonight's episode of the Big O' Belt Wrestling Podcast right now. What's good, people, and welcome back for another episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, live each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Keep up with us at BigGoldBelt.com. That gets you to all of our social medias, but we're not just only covering wrestling. We have movies, music, comics, all that other good stuff, all pop culture, nerd culture, wrestling, all that other good stuff. We're covering it. If it's must, if we got to talk about it, we got to talk about it. But here on the Wrestling Podcast, we obviously are focusing on wrestling, pro wrestling, folks. Um, I am joined uh, by two lovely gentlemen today. I don't know where the rest of the team is at, but it's all good because we always going to have somebody. <laughs> These two are so funny. We got the John Crab Jamal here and the silly one himself, Marcella. Gentlemen. Well, first of all, welcome back, Marcellus. I feel like we're going to have to say this like every two weeks, but good to see you. No, I'm going to be more consistent now. I promise you. Just, just, whoo, I'm good. I'm good. Hey, listen, your man, Devin Booker, has been going off, oh, man. Off, <laughs> off, oh, oh, 51 and three quarters. My God. You know, what's funny, I, I, I know, again, we're talking wrestling, but I got to quickly talk a little bit of Suns action. Marcellus is an avid uh, Phoenix Suns fan. I'm just kind of curious how this guy is still considered like underrated. And like, I was looking at the. Um, he plays with I was looking, yeah, but it, it, I mean, the stats speak for themselves. He went to the finals and he still is criminally underweight. I, I just don't get it. It's the market. It's market. It's the market. It, it, yeah, Phoenix isn't is in a top tier market. Um, they play out west. Um, so they're in the uh, Pacific and, and Mountain Time Zone, depending on the time of the year they're in. Yep. You know, they don't get the national TV spotlight. That's what it is. And the only reason why, like, and there are a bunch of guys that are that play in smaller markets. If Giannis literally didn't win a, uh, an MVP and, and a finals um, uh, a ring, he would he would be in that conversation as well because it's Milwaukee. Yeah. So you got to really be in that marquee market that ESPN and TNT likes and still be that guy in that market. And yeah. I'm about to say, he's not even the top guy, really, the top guy in the market. Now, he is paid the most. He is the best player, but he's not even the top guy. It's still Chris Paul because he's a bigger name than Devin Booker. And I'm a huge Suns fan to say that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Very because I mean that's the thing. Like the Clippers, you know, you can stand somebody. The Clippers are still going through that as if they played in San Diego still, and it's kind of like, well, damn, can we get the Clippers any respect? Well, no, because they're standing in the shadow of the Lakers. Yep. Yeah. And the Lakers having a bad year is more important than the Clippers having a good year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fact. Listen, Marcellus, I'm not telling you what to do with your spare time, but I'm just saying that that's you know a topic right there. Wait, wait, wait. wait fell wait, wait. on your lap. Is, is that is that facts or is that straight facts? Uh, I think it's super facts. Okay. Super facts. Man, with the plug there, I just I I'm afraid to just go even more with that plug because I can't tell you when you may be able to find. But Marcellus, you got some work to do. But yeah, that's literally a topic yeah. right there, especially with your sons going on and. 49ers top everything in terms of defense there. I'll be so. there Sunday. I'll be there at the game Sunday. All right, Dan. So you got some shit you can talk what about. What this, a flex. Sir. Look at this guy. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, let's talk pro wrestling here. I mean, MJF, man. Listen, he he, he is your uh, AEW World Heavyweight Champion. And, um, you know, big night for Dynamite. Thought Dynamite was really solid this week. They did a lot. I actually thought that Dynamite did some things that um leans towards more of what i like in pro wrestling not to say i don't like AEW, but like you know they, they got their own little lane their own little style and you know sometimes they show glimpses of old school wrestling like i like you know or, or like i came up on should i say um but uh to kind of focus on mjf and his whole thing with um what it seems to be william regal it's a lot of rumors with him as well but i guess we'll talk about it in another show but simply the question is right now MJF is the face of this company. He is your champion. And 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 what we have seen thus far, and what we seen, what we know, we can even kind of say what mildly our expectations of what we expect this character to be. Can he do it? Is this truly the MJF era? Yes, he has the he has the title, but is he the most it's one, is he the biggest name in AEW? Is he must watch in terms of turning on Dynamite each and every Wednesday? And can he carry this brand? Is he taking the right and proper steps to be that guy? It's a lot to unpack there. You don't have to answer any all the questions, but whatever spoke to you, let's 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 get it rolling. So Sellers, we'll start with you, man. The MJ, MJF era. So I always feel that when you build a new company, you want to build a name that's already I mean, excuse me, you don't want to build a name that's already known. You want to build somebody up that does not, you don't know yet, or how you can build them to the top. Homegrown talent. We yep. talk about that so, all the time. Mm-hmm. So two people, and by all of us being at that first, you know, dynamite ever in DC, right? The two people I thought that was going to be the face of the franchise coming out was either Sammy Guevara or MJF. And you saw, based on what Sammy Guevara did in that opening match against Cody, how he was spotlighted saying, this is some homegrown talent we're going to build in. Then you had MJF, which was probably the biggest mouthpiece that you would have to sign to be on that talent to show what you can showcase. I think when you see the development of what you do to build up that homegrown talent, similar to what I would say AJ Styles was to impact wrestling originally, that's what I think MJF is to uh, AEW. And I think it has to be that way. If you invest in uh, his character building, his natural talent, what he can do in the ring, his mouthpiece, he has all the tools to do it. But the thing about MJF, that he have the maturity to then reach that top. Now he's at that point where he has that gold. Can he maintain it based on how he built it? Yeah, the, the one word that you, you didn't use uh, that's been very much attached to him is being the pillar of AEW. When you think mm-hmm. about uh, Sammy, uh, Jungle Boy, mm-hmm. MJF, 
Darby. You know, sure. these are the folks that everyone expected to carry this company. I know when I signed on in the beginning, in terms of my belief in AEW, I looked at the top shiny names. You had yep. to bring a Jericho in to add the yep. legitimacy, but then you had these other very uh, free, hot free agents out there: the Bucks, Kenny, Hangman. That you say, oh, they got a roster, but then you thought about these other names that we've seen on the Indies, whether it's Evolve uh, or all the popular Beyond, all the popular independent uh, companies. You're like, okay. They're signing who a, a lot of us felt was, yeah, the folks who really deserve a, a contract, who's been busting their ass all over the, the, the world. And, and 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 now that there's another stream of, of, of income and, and, and sort of security, you know, you say, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And, and so from that moment on, we started to say two to three years. One of them will be a world champion, and, and and if not, one of them will be the biggest face, the biggest heel, whatever it may be. And then all the shiny WWE toys came in, quickly became oversaturated, and now some of them are still trying to find their way. I mean, Darby has had a hell of a run, but I talked about Darby. I still think that Darby is still in that flux of like, do y'all truly believe in him, or y'all just giving him things to do that's actually working because he's actually a star? Jungle Boy still slowly climbing up. I know his wrestling had to come along. His name is there. Um, he's definitely got the physique going. Like he's improved in every way you want a wrestler to be. MJF, mm-hmm. we knew was not going to have a problem. You put him on TV, he's going to do what he has to do. I um, mean, it's Sammy, another person, God-given talent, can work all around the world, heel uh, or face, whatever he wants to be. It works. He's been mm-hmm. a, a T- TBS champion, TNT champion, uh, a couple of times, three times, I think. So, like, yeah. Clearly, there was investment in him as well, too. Darby was a champion as well, too. So, yeah, some of these people got runs. But, like, again, when you think about the future AEW, you think about these names. Yeah. With Jamal, and we're going to let Jamal go last because that's, you know, our AEW guy. You know, if you go to the shows, that's that's who you see in, in terms of representing Big O Belt Media here. Um, when I think about MJF right now, you're like, okay, he's a face. Mm-hmm. He was getting booze. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm about to say mm-hmm. like, last night. Yeah, he was getting booze. Is that a good thing or bad thing? I don't know. The thing that happened with William, with William Regal, you you kind of write him off TV. Rumors is that William Regal is headed back to WWE. So, like, okay, is this the way you write him off? Fine. But William Regal is not only wrestling, uh, ma- I might say majesty, uh, uh, royalty, mm-hmm. but he's easily one of the most likable people and all wrestling. Even when he was a heel, people still liked him. He just, yep. just how it worked. He was a damn good heel, but you still was like, I can't wait for him to do what he's going to do. And like, if you're going to attack William Regal, old man William Regal, you know you're going to get booed. So the idea is that you want him to be your baby face. You built him to be your fa- baby face. All of the, the legends in the wrestling business says that he has to be a baby face. He didn't want to do it. He came back and he ended up being it. Now he's the head of your company. I know, Marcel, you could talk a lot about the whole baby face to heel chase mm-hmm. championship and how that dynamic yep. worked. But, like, yeah, you put the belt on the baby face and there you go. Yep. And now yep. he's starting to get booed. So it's a little bit impartial, you know, with the fans, a little bit of divide there with the fans there. But he still has to be your biggest guy. He talked about he not wrestling. If he's not wrestling, he said, you got to pay to make him wrestle, which means that, sir, if you are going to make a claim that way that means you got to put butts in seats are you that guy do you put butts in seats are you going to sell tickets because if not then that don't work it's the it's the whole um uh uh perfect 10 thing it's like you're you're calling yourself the perfect 10 you haven't won a match sir 
the gimmick's kind of flawed there, you know? Yeah. How, how, do, how do you work a gimmick when you actually can't live up to it, you know? So, like, if you're if you're like the money guy, you're the cash cow, everyone's peasants and poor, poor and all this and broken, all this other stuff, and you're the cash cow, then you got to bring in the ratings, you got to bring in the money. And these are, this is your baby face making these claims. So now I'm a little bit worried about this run already because there already has been rumors that he, they want him to carry the, 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 the belt for a while. And then you start thinking, well, if not him, then who? Who's right. your next biggest baby face? Who's your, who's your next who that you put it on? And Jamal, I think you talked about that either last week or the week before. So to sum this all up, is MJF that guy? I don't know if I'm convinced. He's he's damn good at what he does, but with the championship, when you you take away him actually having to wrestle now, because most most champions don't wrestle, they just kind of you know do the they thing. Wait. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and if you're a heel and you get out there and you're going, and I mean if you're a face, you get out there, you're gonna you know talk with the mic, but you're saying heel things, and then now you're dividing <laughs> the audience here. <laughs> it's like that's that's not really a good thing there. I I don't know. So like. It, it is it is something I wanted to introduce today, but I certainly am conflicted right now if he's that guy. Like I, I just don't know. I think he's 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 saying things that he's gonna have to deliver now. And I don't think he wanted to quite do that just yet because in the in the era of numbers and ratings, everyone's gonna be paying attention, sir. Yep. If you're gonna talk that claim, and please let's stop talking about WWE. Please. And, and I even add this, and this goes back to old Roman Reigns, not tribal chief Roman Reigns. Any reaction is a good reaction, right? Because if as long as you're getting a reaction, whether it's positive, negative, or mixed, if you're getting a reaction, that's good because you're tugging at people's change just to add to that point. So that does kind of help him to be at that top. But like you said, where does that fall or you know, if it was built the right way? I don't know if you want that with your champion, though. I, and, and that's the thing. You want to have something clear. Like, is he a true bad guy? Or is he the good guy? And if yeah. it's a true bad guy, don't tweet her. But then you got this adult profile that AEW is a dominating adult profile. That's our age range that they like the bad guy. So they kind of cheer for him. But at the same time, you want to boo him because the mannerisms that he's doing on the storyline. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I had my moment longer than I should have had. But uh, Jamal. All right. So I'll make this quick. Um, I think. We, we asked the very same question about Adam Page. Yes, and it was finally time for him uh, to, to step into that role of face of the brand, face of the company. And I'm not going to call it a failure because obviously there were some things that happened. He got injured. You know, some other things going on. Some big signings kind of overshadowed him. Like Brian and Adam Cole came in around that time, too. So, but there still was a point where, in my opinion, he just couldn't hang with the actual elite. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I was at Full Gear in Minneapolis last year. Friedman and Darby Allen stole the show. Now, if you want to say that it's a combination of a different factors coming in, you know, maybe Friedman and Darby Allen just worked it well together. Maybe that match was just uh that synergy was just there and it just hit for whatever reason and he knocked it out of the park. However it happened, it got there. The thing is, is that Friedman's character won't give you that every time that's not what he's supposed to do also also is that what you want from your champion you know somebody that doesn't want to work for me because i'm not a promo guy i i hate promos i'm not interested just ring the damn bell already Friedman's long monologues 
are an instant turnoff for me, not just from him, but for, from anybody that's going to speak for 15 minutes. I was just about to say, from anybody at this yeah. point, I'm really yeah. tired of this. Like, Bray Wyatt is killing me right now. When Punk got his show, and he <laughs> so- and in a one-hour show, he spoke for 20 minutes. <laughs> Jesus H. Give him, give him my ice cream and go home. <laughs> wait, but, wait, wait, wait. I just want to be clear. Are you are you saying that when he had his show, are you saying that Dynamite with his show or are you talking about the Fox show? No, no, the Rampage okay. show. The, the oh, Rampage yes. show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was in the United Center in Chicago <laughs> where he made his debut. It wasn't even the first Rampage. It was like the second, but I digress. Uh, with Friedman, I'm still asking those same questions that I would ask of Adam Page. Is he that guy that can carry... Not just the belt, but all of the things that go with it. Go with it, yep. And I'm not sure that's the case. I'm not sure if his gimmick has enough weight behind it, enough of foundation under it Mm -hmm. to carry that. He doesn't have the history because he has only been wrestling for like a few years, and he's only Mm -hmm. been on TV for less than that. And nobody Mm -hmm. watched him all done. I'm not... I mean, let's just call it what it is. And... Once you hear him say that I'm better than you, okay, now what? Like, so that gimmick grows hair really quickly and becomes stale. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not mad at that because you actually can take that from town to town. I'm actually more cool with that than you actually trying to sell a cash checks that, what's the saying? Y'all know what the saying, trying to write mm-hmm. checks. Your ass cash, 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 cash. Yeah. yeah, you know, talking about your biggest, you the, you the money man, and obviously not the money man, because there's definitely bigger names on that. I think Motley's making more, I think the Bucks and them, probably Jericho, these names, like, right, kinda... right. But, but, but still, that's the thing, like, the, all of those guys, as much as I hate Moxley, he still has this uh, history on his side. So does Jericho. So does the Bucks. So does Kenny. So does uh, a lot of guys. So does Brian. I have a lot of those guys have history on their side that would be an easier fit to shoe, him, shoe them into that position. Now, obviously, you can't grow homegrown talent without growing homegrown talent. So <laughs> you got to start somewhere. And this may be somewhere. But the real question is, if this doesn't work, because we saw what happened when they did with, with Adam Page, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. What does this mean for Friedman, who honestly, less is more? What does this mean for AEW if Friedman doesn't live up to the hype? How do they push the panic button? And what does that look like when they do? And honestly, I'm not sure where they go from here. I don't, I mean, you have to, at this point now, I think you have to consider one. I think you got to consider one of those other pillars at this point. I think Darby is an easy story to tell. The underdog story, and, and even that loses steam after a while, but at least it works much longer than what he's kind of doing, I think, personally. I, I don't know, but I, I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I it to be honest, as much as I always want everybody to you know succeed, I am completely, I'm almost craving this panic button moment of what does that look like for this company when they have to panic like that, where they say we actually invested money time effort publicity <laughs> to do this and it ain't working so what do we do now now also to be fair now if we want to compare champions i think that jade specifically mm-hmm. has been the best champion in AEW. yep been saying i'm that. not going to say she's the best worker i'm not nope. going to say that she cuts the best promos but as far as what you want from your champion to do as making the belt better and making the belt relevant jade has done that it started from 
absolutely greener than goose shit when she first started to mm-hmm. now. And yeah. she has, in several moments, have organically put the brand back on the map and re- reset the table for, for them uh, yeah. with the baddies. Now with this thing with little Bow Wow for some reason. I mean, <laughs> she is at the center of a lot of these social moments with AEW, and that's the game now. Yeah. I'm not yeah, even but, talking about that. I gave too much time on that last week, but I completely agree. No, but that's the same. Like, but I don't see Freeman in that conversation. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't see him, you know, at the Islanders game with the AEW belt. I don't well, see well, him at the, you know, as the face yes. of the belt. And that's kind of like uh-oh, because AEW is still growing. They have to grow. They're still developing. They have to. Yeah. They're only they're only in their third year. When everybody else is in their 10th, 20th, 50th, 75th, mm-hmm. they still are fighting for that you know, position. Yeah. So it's kind of like, huh, if they do go with this and have Friedman as this chicken shit heel champion that, you know, nobody could really beat, you know, how long does this last? Do they go a year? Yeah, I, 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 I'm, we're gonna switch topics in a second, and, that, and that's the good point. How long does this last? That's that's the question here. Um, I do want to just quickly say one other thing. Um, in in terms of championship representation, is uh, Jade is an example of homegrown talent. You know, from the bottom up, and like, the definition, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and 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 I said that like she has made that that belt that you can call second tier. Third tier, whatever B, whatever we call Mikar is the word. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Looks like top arguably made it more important than the women's title at times. Looks looks like top champion, the top belt to me. I mean, and her name is big. And 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 the last question for you all before we change is is MJF the face of the company? And it's odd that you mentioned Jade because I think Jade is a bigger name than MJF in terms of just names. Period, because it transcends outside of wrestling. And I, I don't care what nobody says that you do not box yourself into your company in terms of your popularity and your stardom. That those days are long gone. You you never want to just be the biggest wrestler. You always want to be the biggest star, the you biggest platform. You got to because everybody. This, first of all, there's a, there's life after this. Mm-hmm. This actually it's side lives with this movies movie careers and no, if uh, anything cross promotion is the jump off to absolutely. previous past absolutely, absolutely. listen it, it start it, wrestling starting to feel like broadway to me i yes i would agree i would agree it, it's literally where people Not are getting their play. first get and then next they know a big check is waiting right after that for them to yep. go through bigger and better things and yep. so be it so be it and that's how people need to be thinking and jade has got that that's what i've been saying that like she takes these opportunities. Y'all can discredit Bow Wow all y'all want. She still went with it to all of the black tabloids, all of the tabloids, by the way, but yeah. she got a lot of media press. And for and and for what? Just by responding to a tweet and running with it? Sure as hell, that's why not. And that Breakfast Club interview you, was was legit too. And yeah. you make it to the Breakfast Club that quick and have a type of interview like that, no matter what race you are, what part of the culture, it, it's huge. That's, that's new, new, new York radio is still the biggest in all of radio and entertainment. So you well, do yeah. anything in New York, right. you're doing big things. But that's Better the point though. But, that, but that's actually like the point and the crux of the argument where we're seeing Jade organically, because Lord yeah. knows AEW isn't pushing this shit. <laughs> Jade, you know, seemingly, I know she has people behind her, but seemingly by herself, coming up with these seemingly organic moments. Yeah, uh, making where, the right and, decisions. And into this, yeah, just hitting on, on a lot of different things at the time. And then, um, you know, that translated into, oh yeah, I also wrestle too, watch the product Wednesdays and, you know, whatever. Yep. 
in spite of the fact that they got to work twice as hard with with half the time, you know, the 925 bathroom break spot. I mean, again, we're not talking work rate here, but we are saying as far as the organic ability to make moments out that transcend star. That's what she's doing. Star. I mean, I don't know if if Friedman's that guy that's going to do that. Darby's going to do that in his circles. Yeah, because Darby's a big deal in his circles. Jade yeah. is a big deal in her circles, because white folks aren't listening to, to Power One Hundred and Five. I mean, that, that, you know, like they're not listening. I mean, I was going to say Star and Buckwild. Good Lord, I'm old. But I, but no, but they're not listening to um, uh, Breakfast Club. They're not listening to uh, you know to to them. But in certain circles, though, around the yeah. country, mm-hmm. people are showing up for Jade. People are showing up for Darby. People are showing up for Malachi Black. Just listen, say what, it, say what it is that when you ask, if you, if we, again, if we had some um, in real life stream, I, I, R, L, if we was just out here on the block and we say, hey, do y'all know who Jay Cargill is? And you, and they, maybe you don't, but he'd be like, oh, you, you never seen that, that one wrestler who cosplays and, you know, got a, got a physique, you know, car out of a, a Greek goddess. Though. Like, you'd be like, oh, I know who that is. But then you say, oh, the male champion. And the reason why I'm specifying genders here is because we know that this company, not not company, but this business, not only is the whole up, industry, but 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 specifically this company has a lot more emphasis in their males. So I, I would say, can I can I stretch it? I would say not just only this industry and sports, period. Um, because when Media you think period. about a college and we think about a college basketball, you got girls playing in a, a conference room. In Las Vegas, that's versus, so wild, bro. I can't. Versus, I, that's so wild, right? So, so versus having a whole arena and playing twenty four hours for a Phil Knight. I mean, uh, Phil Knight tournament in Oregon. You know, it's it's just a huge night and day. But, but I, I again, I'll say this: like, if you're a champion, any sport, Olympics, whatever it is, stars are born. You know, yep. we know who some of these Olympic gold medalists is because stars are born. Yep. And again, you say if you if you ask somebody who Jade is, they may not know her name, but, but you talk about yep, the moment she's her. done, you say yeah. If you say, hey, do you know who MJF is, who actually has the, the motor behind him, the support of the company because, again, that's what their main e- emphasis and focus is, I don't see how you even describe him to somebody and they say, I know who you're talking about. Hey, do you know this this white guy? He's the champion for uh, AEW. He, he always talks about Which going to one? WWE. Right. He wears a Burberry uh, uh, scarf. scarf. Do, do you know it? I, I, sounds generic as hell to me. Sounds like any dude I've seen walking down University of Maryland campus, if you ask me. But right. that's your champion. And that's also that's a thing, problem. too. <laughs> Believe it or not, Freeman really hasn't had that flashpoint moment that you can say, you know, Austin, you know, 316 says, I just whipped your ass. That one promo from King of the Ring is yeah. like a flashpoint moment. Um, a couple different moments, CM Punk's pipe bomb, Daniel Bryan, the Yes Movement, and, and so on in WWE, where people still go back to, that was the moment I became a fan. Yeah. I'm not sure what that moment will be for Friedman. It should for, come soon. It, it, it better come soon. It has They're to. literally mortgaging that shit on, on his ability to make that moment. Yeah. Uh, it definitely wasn't the uh, the the dinner debonair from last year or whatever the hell that was. But the yeah. bottom line is, is that uh, hopefully at the end of his run, for AEW's sake, there is that flashpoint moment where we go, that's it. That's yeah. why he's the guy. Uh, yeah. As a heel or a face, we're talking about something bigger than that. It's about the fact that he's able to do something that's going to finally 
move the company over the hump. And they've been at this hump for about a year and a half now. I do, you can't blame I COVID even, anymore. I wouldn't even give him that responsibility. He just need to, he just need to be a star. And, and him being a star will help in the efforts of getting him over the hump. But that's not his responsibility, if you ask me. He just needs to be a star. He, if you're going to be the champion, but I think it's going to go hand in hand, though. But Jamal, sure. Ask, for sure. sure. Let me ask this question, Jamal. Does it have to be a, a dynamite moment or does it have to be a any moment? moment? Any moment. It could be social. Yeah, They'll literally take anything be, they can get. Got it. Yeah. yeah got it. Yeah. That and that's the thing. That's what's different about wrestling. But, that it doesn't have to be right. But that's literally what we're talking about between Jade and and Friedman. Yep. Yeah, Jade has had a couple of those moments already yeah. where you can point to and go, "Oh, yeah." On and off screen, and you can see the trend online and the and the corners kind of turn where people go, "Well, that Cody match with her and Shaq was kind of whack." Now we're going like, "Oh, that's the same person," and that was eighteen yeah. months ago. Yep. Be- Becky Lynch has had the moment where Becky yep. Lynch had that yes. moment. And where she got Nia no with the broken bloody, nose. bloody broken nose. Yeah. That, that, was, that, that was the point. point. That was a turning I mean, point. When we when we were talking about Becky at that point, me and Jamal had a lot of conversations just off the record of saying, like, some for whatever reason, Becky Lynch just grasped it. She she says, This may be a setback, but I'm about to run with this crazy. That, that was the moment mean, she became the man. The, the 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 propane was being put into the rocket pack, and it was just a matter of time before she was on the moon. And because some people get it. Jade is one of those people that's get it. I'm still waiting to see MJF do it. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna talk about something else before we get to break. So I just want to quickly throw this in because we got a lot to talk about tonight. Anthem Sports and Entertainment and DAZN announced an international multi-deal distribution partnership with Anthem's Impact Wrestling. That tells me now that folks, Impact Wrestling will be able to be streamed on DAZN, a reputable, notable, and um a, a destination for all the combat sports. You know, if you're not gonna do fight up. Uh, the zone is another good option, you know. Obviously, no to report. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. You're not getting ESPN Plus. You're not going to fit in there. But like the zone has to be within your top three when you're talking about combat sports here. So especially internationally, ad- they're big internationally. Absolutely. So the leading global sports entertainment platform announced on uh, this was uh, earlier this week that uh, that Impact Wrestling uh, that that the partnership will deliver Impact Wrestling to more than 107 companies worldwide beginning beginning November. Um, 29. This is a multi-year deal, um, including a whole bunch of territories and whatnot. Um, and 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 now I, I think this is just the easiest way to put it. Not only is the Zone an app that you can access everywhere, that is notable. I say it's in your top three in all combat sports apps. But Impact finally got a home that somebody knows <laughs> because what Destination America? I mean, if you're not looking at RVs, you're looking at Impact Wrestling. Can't tell you how to match, but there you go. They also had Access TV. Sometimes it was working. Sometimes it wasn't working. But everybody doesn't have access TV, especially on the East Coast. It's a major thing in, in California, obviously, for reasons. But, like, yeah, that still wasn't something that was just big. But now in the streaming service wars that we're still in, you can find Impact Wrestling easily, more accessible, in all the apps, on a name, on a brand that makes sense with their identity. Folks, will this bring people back in the door to watch Impact Wrestling? Is this good news? Is this just news or is this like not news at all that's the question here then we're gonna get to the break after that folks what you think it's it's news to me i'm hoping it's good news it could potentially be good news but i think it's just news you got to make sure you build the product up as you stream it as you promote it the things of that nature and maybe get a couple of stars back to your platform even if it's not the top tier stars to see where it goes but it got it's like a wait and see moment i'm happy for them but what can you do with it Completely disagree because you wouldn't know what's going on on the brand. They could be doing the best wrestling ever. Can't watch it ever. 
where do you find it? And the Impact Plus thing that they was doing, the YouTube thing, whatever they was right, doing. Right, on YouTube TV, yeah. Right, yep. but now that's on the zone, right yep. there in front of you, easy to watch. So will people, I think it now presents, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's like the Fox deal, but it certainly is amongst like the, oh, it's easily accessible now. So mm-hmm. now more folks may watch it to then give a fair, un, a, a fair just uh, assessment of what the brand is. So I, I, I don't agree with you saying like they need to bring anybody in because they could actually have a bomb roster, bomb talent doing all this other good stuff, but you wouldn't know because we can't watch it because of reason. Jamal, what you think? Um, yeah, apparently November 29th, they're going to re-reach, uh, they're going to reach 170 countries. That's a plus. Uh, if you want to watch Impact, you will find a way to watch Impact. But the <laughs> longer short of it is, is that more people around the world get to watch Impact. And Impact, let's not forget, they were massive in India. Uh, you know, so much so that they were starting to open up there and run shows exclusively there. So who knows what outlets, um, what, what you know, a multinational force impact was way back when. And they could be again. And they argue we are having the best shows and the best wrestling uh, in, in the last 20 years or so. I mean, they're, they're making moments, memorable moments, uh, for better or for worse. People were talking about Tessa Blanchard versus Brian Cage at, at a certain point in time. Well, they can't all be winners, but people were talking about that in that moment. People were talking about them when they when AEW came through and they had that uh, open door policy type of a deal with nobody else but the elite. Just say forbidden door. Just say it. Well, I mean, it wasn't forbidden. It was only with the elite. Uh, It was forbidden to everybody else. It was definitely a one way door. One way door. A smoking door. A smoking mirror and a one way door. Trap door. (laughs) Two Cody references. So, but but the long and short of it is, uh, more eyes on the product is a plus, just because more eyes aren't coming from America doesn't necessarily have to mean anything because all of that stuff goes to advertisers who are going to send that money back to Anthem. So Hootie and the boys, uh, you know, they still getting paid. And just because their money's not coming in U.S. dollars, it's coming in Singapore dollars or Saudi reals or Chinese renminbi, it's still it's still money. And it still converts. And that's all they really need from them. So going on Impact, yeah. uh, hopefully this leads to more um, ventures outside of the U.S. so that more people can see it live. Yeah, listen, Impact Wrestling, I, at some point, you need to, like, throw, like, a moniker with your name. Talk about just, you refuse to die. The resilience with this brand is... I, I, Honestly, I, Hootie should be a phoenix and not just a, an Articuno. <laughs> a ho Yeah. You know, shining all over the Hoenn region. But... <laughs> Anyway, folks, we're going to get to the, uh, our break. Uh, again, the Big O Boat Wrestling Podcast live each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Uh, we'll be back with a couple other topics. And Damian G, I think, will be finally joining the show. So good to have our brother here. So, yeah, let's get to uh, our commercial break, and we'll be back in a second. A little birdie told me, everybody, that you may be interested in doing some sponsorship and advertising opportunities with us here at Big Gold Belt Media. You know what? You might as well. Because we are the golden standard for all of your media needs. Why would you want to go anywhere else? Besides, all of your pre-roll ads, your mid-roll ads, as well as your on-air reads are going to be done by me, Damien G. Yeah, professional broadcaster, Damien G. We do all types of social media promotions. That means your podcast, your IG, your Facebook, your Twitter, and your business website all get shouted out on our network here at Big Gold Belt Media, where we cover wrestling movies, comics, and more. And you can find out more information and make those inquiries, kids, because, you know, limited time offer here at BigGoldBeltGroup at gmail.com. Again, that is BigGoldBeltGroup at gmail.com. Why would you want to go anywhere else? I wouldn't. Well, I work here, but I still wouldn't even if I didn't. 
So again, Big Gold Belt Media for all your sponsorship and advertising opportunities, your podcast, your IG, your Facebook, your Twitter, all of your social media platforms, as well as any business website you want us to promote on our show, Big Gold Belt Group at gmail.com. And let them know Demon G sent you. Right on, right on. The Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast live each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Uh, keep up with us on all our news and everything else. Uh, social media is all that. You can find that at BigGoldBelt.com. Damien G, welcome. My Hello, brother. everybody. Good, Good to, to hear you. Good to be here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, before we get into our second half of the show, uh, we like to uh, redirect our focus to the independent scene, in which in this case, we go to our segment called the Indie. I always want to call it the Independent. It's the Indie Spotlight, folks. It's, Let the, me indie that right. <laughs> it's the Indie Spotlight, folks. Jamal, what you got? So, uh, you know, this week we're going to go to San Antonio, Texas uh, for Mission mm-hmm. Pro Wrestling. Uh, they uh, are at the Salvation Army on December 10th. That's uh, next weekend. 6 p.m. bell time, 3801 Southwest Military Drive in San Antonio. Uh, it's Silver Barrels Part 2. And the big match that I'm looking forward to this week, that weekend, because it's December 10th, is Genocide versus Janaikai. That's going to be heavy. Um, definitely something that you'll want to be there live for. Tickets are selling pretty quickly. And um, they start at, you know, they actually start at $5, but I think those are all gone. They go up to 50 But the bottom line is you're going to want to be in the building no matter the cost. That's the big match. Genocide, your Mission Pro champion versus Janaikai. I I like that one. Uh, you know, Mission Pro, if you don't know, it's Thunder Rosa's promotion. So still going strong, even though she's, you know, dealing with her injury. But the long and short of it is a lot of people that you may have seen, especially in AEW, you know, come through there, uh, will be there. And it looks like a heck of a show that's uh, 6 o'clock, December 10th, out there in San Antonio, Texas, at the Salvation Army. 3801 Southwest Military Drive for Silver Barrels 2, and that's missionprowrestling.com. Uh, they have a link to Eventbrite where you can get your tickets, and you'll want to do so because I'm pretty sure this thing will sell out. Right on, right on. Thank you for that. Uh, independent Spotlight segment after each commercial break uh, each and every week. Uh, but yeah, if you got something you need us to promote, we'll get that at any point of the show. Beginning, mid-roll, and <laughs> credit, whatever you need to be, as Damien said in our commercial break. So definitely hit us up and we'll get that done for you. Um, let's, 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 let's talk about Randy Orton, folks, because there's some mm. rumors going around. Uh, Randy Orton, you know, one of the most iconic. Yeah. I, 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 where do we go? Let Obviously, legendary career. Uh, multi multi time uh, world champion. He's, I think he's got to be in the he's in the top four, right? It's him, Triple H, Cena, and Flair. I believe are one through four, right? I think it was he has twelve. Was twelve time? I think that put him at four. All right, somebody somebody fact check that. But yeah, he's somewhere up in the, in the upper echelon. But yeah, Randy, Randy Orton, man, we haven't seen him in a while. Last time we seen him, he's doing the RK Bro thing. Really helped get Matt Riddle over, yeah. especially with a Matt Riddle who was going through a name issue amongst mm-hmm. other issues that don't even need to be discussed. But yeah, nah. you know, it really helped him, and it actually really got the 420 gimmick over too, which was definitely something I was a little bit worried about as well. But Randy Orton, uh, one of the most uh, iconic uh, wrestlers. Uh, not only just in pro wrestling, but we talk about people who transcend outside of pro wrestling. Uh, you know, you had the moments with the Migos. Um, so everybody knows about the RKO. Uh, Randy Orton, folks, we'll, we can talk about him alone in an entire show. But to kind of really focus on our topic here is that there's some rumors going around that his injury, we, we know he hasn't been around because of an injury, but now it's being 
rumored that the injury is more severe than initially thought. This may lead to retirement here. The question is, folks, if this is the end of Randy Orton's career and it's all said and done, what's your thoughts and reflection to his career? And if well, that's not being doctors, obviously, but even with this moment of uncertainty with the future of his career, do we want to see Randy Orton come back? And and could could you ever imagine a Randy Orton who's a part-time wrestler? That's what I kind of struggle with. <laughs> like a Randy Orton who may not be able to hit the RKO because depending on the injury, may not be a move that could be in his repertoire anymore. We've seen that happen with folks like the Bella Twins, you know, and kind of switch things up because of the injury. Um, but yeah, if Randy Orton is in the Randy Orton of, oh, what does that mean for a potential Randy, the, the Randy Orton we get coming back? So a lot of different things that kind of toss around here. But uh, Damien, since you're new or back uh, or just now joining us tonight, uh, we'll let you start first. So I've never been the biggest Randy Orton fan. Let me just throw that out there. Uh, I, I've never liked his work when I was younger. And as I've gotten older and he's gotten older, and some would say even the person, you know, has matured himself. I've come to appreciate it almost like a fine wine where a lot of things about Randy Orton were, he works a boring style. It's very formulaic, it's very mechanical, but that's what's led him to avoid major injuries up until this point. Uh, and I don't think enough credit goes into that longevity. You know, people make fun of people like him or The Miz for just doing the same old, same old, but here they are, decade plus 15 years, still doing it at a relatively high level. And I feel as if right with this uh, RK bro stuff, people were finally starting to give Randy his flowers as a worker because he was able to show range in terms of not just being the Viper, not just being the legend killer. But, you know, I make the joke on this podcast about he looks like he's having fun. Randy Orton has never looked as if he's having fun in a wrestling ring. He's been known to be a head, temperamental, you know, a short fuse. We know about the Kofi Kingston thing, but he's actually enjoying his career at this point as a tag team wrestler of a gimmick or storyline that was always supposed to last maybe three months tops. And to see him go out now, if let's just say this is it, see him go out now, I just feel like it's almost at the finish line and he could have crossed over to finally get his well-deserved applause from the IWC. Not that it matters, but the vast majority of the IWC who's starting to understand longevity, contributions to wrestling overall. And I think if this is it, uh, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be a really tough pill to swallow. Uh, we've seen who's going to do the snap power slam. You know what I mean? Like those, those Randy Orton five moves of doom. We've seen Riddle do the RKO. We've seen him do the serpent thing, but it ain't the original guy. So it's going to be kind of weird seeing WWE television without him. And to be quite honest, I'm going to miss him. As I said, I've never been a big Randy Orton guy. The music, the pose, everybody struck the pose at one point in their life if you were a kid. And if he gets out relatively healthy, because it's supposedly back fusion surgery, and he can still walk, and he can still be around his children, then good for him. If he's smart enough, which I believe he is to this business, he also has a great mind for the business. So I think he can contribute in other ways. And part-time wrestler, he just has to come in and do one, two RKOs a year to somebody. Sort of like what DDP did when he came into uh, AEW briefly, just hitting people with a diamond cutter. 
and Randy Orton will still get that pop no matter what. So he'll be missed, but um, I hope this isn't it. But if it is, he's had a damn good career. Top For me, WWF slash E, top three in relevance for me as far as longevity is concerned. All agreed. I have nothing else to add. It's agreed. <laughs> <laughs> just one thing I will add, you know, with the Kofi incident, you might want to add that he's the one that got Kennedy fired, you know. So I'll just I'll just add that in. But Kennedy but, got Kennedy fired. But, but I, I, I will say, like Damien, one hundred percent, I agree with you. Even the one thing I would even say, he is one wrestler that could go across three generations of WWE, from mm-hmm. the Attitude Era to the ruthless aggression. aggression Era to what it is now. His same character could flow against all three. And it was just as good. I would say if I would make a comparison that if it's done too early, very similar to Edge, but I hope he can come back like Edge did um, in two parallel ways of both of their careers are high to kind of in line, but he kind of shot up to the moon faster than Edge, but you just got to respect what he does. But I can't add anything to what you said. Let me, let me tell you, if he somehow ends up in the performance center, anybody who signs a WWE performance center contract, you are in for a treat. (laughs) Imagine having that mind that 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 legacy of somebody who's just done it all in every bracket of what you want a wrestler to be from the gimmick changes from you know face to heel tag he's done it all and then, like mm-hmm. man i just woo, couldn't imagine but i got do want to really quickly say that like you know uh with uh takeoff uh passing recently Randy Orton is a big part of giving Amigos that childhood dream of coming yeah. in and being part of WWE. And when and and to think that the Amigos, one of the hottest rap groups in all time, who's really kind of created this new path in what hip hop and rap is today, that in takeoff funeral, and I'm I, I'm just gonna call it what it is. I know there was a bunch of hitters and shooters in that in that in that church. And they said, now nah, my man Takeoff always wanted to be a pro wrestler. No shame. Because wrestling became cool, because Migos was a part of the pathway of making that happen, and Randy Orton was on the other hand with his hand out, like, yeah, for sure. And 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 Ric Flair as well, too. So like that that tells you a lot that like you talk about folks who transcend out of wrestling, like what he did for the culture as well is 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 big. And if he had to hang it up, I, I think he has absolutely zero to prove. You, we we want we want Cena to win that one more championship. We want that, but Orton, I think we're good with where he's at. I think we're, I think at this point, say, like, nope, nothing else to prove. Good to go. Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer. So the, behind him is and Kennedy. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> so ahead. here's why I don't care. Facts, facts. Uh, we, we talk about the problems that Randy Orton has being, you know, kind of a, a boring wrestler, you know, boring gimmick. It really hasn't changed too much. He was always kind of this, you know, similar guy since evolution. And then we're saying that, well, we want him to bring up the next generation in NXT or we want him to be, bring up the next generation as a producer. Why? To make them boring, too? I mean, like, <laughs> w- w- which is it? What? Why is it he suddenly, you know, the great mind that for wrestling that everybody think he is? But he I didn't say he was born since two thousand four, and it was it was born then. I'm I saying he's born. Randy oh, Orton okay. puts me to fucking sleep. And here's the thing: I'm not, you know, so Salmonex can come through and do an RKO, and and everybody pops for it. And maybe that's all people need for a moment. They need the, just that moment to to get off their chest, and that's cool. Edge did it. Came back, had a really boring match, uh, you know, and now every. People think that Edge is the greatest thing to slice bread. And that's fine. 
But I refuse to believe that we're going to sit up here and talk about the same guy that we called boring for 10 years and assume <laughs> that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer that should be spearheading the charge for the next group of guys. No, he's a bore. He was Borton for 10 years. And then now, <laughs> in, in his last days, hopefully not, because you know I don't necessarily need to see him or hang it up. But there's no way that all of a sudden the, a switch has been flipped and we go, nah, Randy Orton's suddenly cool. He's literally the same guy. I just, yeah, I mean. Now, if you like it then, you like it now, then you have no you know, reason to complain. The formula hasn't changed in 15 years. Sure, but the tactics have changed. Yeah, I get it. Every first person in, in, in Battle Royale game has the same premise, but when you add a little bit of razzle-dazzle on building walls, you get a Fortnite. You take what that razzle away, dazzle has Orton brought to the table? I mean, the Legend Killer era is arguably okay. right, right, his right. best stick. So everything that I think of Randy Orton is usually him working with somebody better than him that gave him the rub. He wasn't the best guy in ev- Evolution. He went on this Legend Killer thing, and the reason why that worked is because they're the legends. Mm. So what did Orton bring to the table? Everybody gave him the rub. But you can't give that rub just to anybody. Anybody can't be able to, you know, take that level to that next one. I mean, what's his face? Uh, Fandango got the rub from Jericho, and look what happened with that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And and, and honestly, Cliff Curtis, better than Orton. There I said. Do you say Johnny Curtis was better than Orton? Uh, That's topic. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. Wish him well, though. Wish him well. And, and I do think that he's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer. That goes without saying. But I'm not going to sit up here and pretend that this guy that we call Born for 15 years is all of a sudden a fucking genius mastermind that should be spearheading NXT with Shawn Michaels. Stop it. Wait, we're not saying that. I think what, what Two Chambers is trying to say is that because he's given so much to the business, he can talk about the ins and outs, not make he the same mistakes that. he did. So can Gang Grow. True. But... More often than not, the casual wrestling. I mean, you're talking. You, you, you you're talking about the ability to adapt. You talked about the three generations, the three different eras of where he was always relevant. I mean, I, I, you can't say that about everybody. I mean, our truth has been around for all of Ever. these generations, but he has not been relevant in all of them. And and I think he's. Oh, oh, you. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Our. I mean, yeah. You I give mean, him an attitude. They're, they're you give different him an attitude. Levels. Yeah, for but, sure. But Randy was always within the top tier in, in these conversations and all these errors. I think that well, not everybody truth. has to be a top guy though. Yeah, but you don't have to be a top guy to still present yourself as a top guy. I think which is what our truth did for 20 years. I don't think our truth was a top guy, especially our I mean, truth is the first ballot hall of fame, and I'd be goddamned if I have any a, a thousand percent. A yep, thousand percent. But like could he stay relevant in all these errors? I know he didn't. And 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 Orton did, and I you, you just made me forget about who else I was just thinking about who did the same thing. Like some folks get it, and some uh, the Miz is a person that like yeah. no matter if he is your champion, he's your champion. He's must watch. If he's not your champion, he's must watch. He somehow always figures it out. He has the ability to adapt. I mean, goddamn, if the Miz become a trainer at some point, talk about the knowledge he can give you from the bottom up to some of these folks who's trying to figure like get it, you know. He um, can give me the knowledge on how to marry someone like Maurice. If he can give me that, then I will hire the Miz any absolutely, day of the week. Absolutely. Absolutely, next topic. Let's finish it off with Stephanie McMahon hints that WWE is expanding their interest in two and not limited to boxing. 
Uh, what, what do you all think about WWE engaging into more combat sports, particularly boxing? I answer this really quickly myself. Well, where else would what else at this point now? Why not? <laughs> I mean, celebrity boxing is a thing. Why not? And and it's not to say you're gonna have wrestlers boxing because we had that before. Impact wrestling and whoa, uh, whoa, he's uh, no, I got three ball. words for you. Brawl for yeah. all. Exactly. I don't want to see that That's again. It. I don't want to see it. that again. There's so no more wrestlers boxing. No. No, I don't want to see that again. That's that's like literally some of the funniest. Uh, it's not funny because it's bad. Terrible. Some, you know, a lot of casualties. Terrible. Not, major casualties. Um, but no, I mean, WWE being a promoter. Why not? That's it. Why not? Yeah. Some of your I'd man's like on to something. Yeah, why not? That's that's all it is. Why not? I mean, that's if, if I anything, and, and to be fair, one of the things that she said, so a little bit of context about this. Uh, Wells Fargo TMT Summit uh, 2022 happened recently. Uh, I want to say November 30th. And she said that specifically that WWE has specified that they would like to align, that any potential acquisition has to, quote, align with our capabilities. They mentioned the idea of obtaining smaller promotions, whether domestically or internationally. Um, McMahon also brought another possible route for WWE to go, and that would be boxing. Um, And this is from the Wrestling Inc. So, I like the idea of a WWE-backed boxing promotion. Not necessarily that it has to be sports entertainment, but a lot of the culture has stemmed in sports entertainment has stemmed. ESPN isn't ESPN without WWE influence. Uh, UFC is a UFC without WWE influence. A lot of the reasons why we have Uh five different 24-hour sports networks that just talk bullshit all day is because of the WWE style of presentation. The NFL doesn't look like the NFL. It would be for WWE uh, without WWE's influence. Listen, the Cowboys Stadium is literally a a, a brainchild of Jerry Jones talking to Vince McMahon about a presentation of WrestleMania's like-ish. And when Jerry World opened, WrestleMania went there the next year. You don't think they had a conversation about what a presentation looks like? That whole coming through the junk with the neon light, the cheerleaders in their tunnel? Come on now. Right. Keep preaching, sir. Right. So, so, so the bottom line <laughs> is, is TV. if right, if um, WWE can bring some kind of streamlined sensibilities to boxing, that's uh, one of the reasons why I don't really follow it because everybody's a champion and I have no idea why they're fighting for. Um, he has six belts and then he got knocked out. He only he, Now he has three belts? But only two were for grab. Nothing makes sense. It, boxing <laughs> doesn't make sense to me. Um, and mm. then now the next fight is in Dubai for some reason. Like, okay, cool. Nothing makes sense. So if they can streamline that, you know, keep it tight and 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 give us, um, you know, a regimented product, I, I don't have a problem with it. Of course, bringing the authentic WWE presentation to it, and there's they're arguably the best live media product in the world as far as that on-the-fly presentation. The camera work is amazing. The sets are amazing. You know, it, it. they know exactly what they're doing. And if they can bring that to boxing, it will absolutely do what UFC did to mixed martial arts, which yep. is heavily influenced by WWE. Yep. Yep. So I don't know. I, I think it's a good topic. I think we got to keep eyes on this. I mean, it's just interesting that WWE, uh, who, you know, at times we said wanted to sort of, as, a, as an entertainment brand, wanted to be amongst the conversations of Disney and Apple and Netflix. And, you know, looks like they have said, okay, well, maybe we can't. And I, I can't blame them to want to take a step back, especially with all these major mergers happening in the streaming service wars, because they, being a part of Peacock, essentially still puts them under an umbrella. So they can't be on that, you know, that master level when they're, you know, they, they got to answer to somebody. 
But in combat sports, that's a whole different thing here. I mean, do we get, again, do we get an impact and Bellator type of thing kind of going on here? Or do they just become a promoter? Do they did WWE t- kind of take the Floyd Mayweather route and, and, and come up with uh, WWE promotions where they run Which shows? Which they've already done before in movies. They have their own studio. They yeah, have their WWE own music studios, catalog. Still they have, yep. mm-hmm. and, and, then, and those things don't necessarily have to reflect the on-screen wrestling product in general, but they just have the ab- ability to put their money in other avenues and generate with some, you know, a marginal success um, their other ventures. And I, I, I would like to see boxing do it. I mean, in any, any, honestly, any sport, if we can just have it, you know, kind of just small, streamlined, and understand and digestible, because boxing is a lot. If you don't like a guy already, it's hard to get into because there's so much going on and it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. When the fights on HBO, the fights on ESPN Plus, the fights on Showtime. It, it may be next Thursday at three in the morning because it's in Qatar. Who knows? I will say I will say that this idea isn't something that they just thought about today. I think Absolutely. now I think Vince Absolutely. McMahon being gone is like, oh, okay, we should do this because I I have a feeling that Vince McMahon and a little bit of loyalty to some of these other folks say we would not step on your all's toes. We won't try to run shows across or uh, counter book with you all because that's we don't obviously don't want to burn those bridges. But like you know. You, you don't want to be in that sort of other uh, pretentious uh, situation as, as much as you kind of are with AEW and whatnot. But I think with Vince gone, I think Triple H is like, well, shit. <laughs> Everybody can eat out here. And, that, and that's the thing, too, is because now that Vince isn't involved, if we go back to like the bodybuilding federation back in the day, you know, it won't have Vince's sticky fingerprints on it <laughs> in order to find something to promote because we got Nick and we got Stephanie in that portion of it. So they're thinking long-term, big picture, like Jamal said, WWE films, WWE music. So why not promoted boxers? Oh. They already have boxers show up on their shows anyway, Tyson Fury, hello. So Also, you're not going to have the pause on your brand, but then have them like out masterminding y'all in, in terms of- Correct. Yeah, like why not? We, they get in it, we can get in it, you know, so. Damien, let me, quick question. Did you just call Vince McMahon a sticky bandit? I, I just said his sticky fingers. That's all oh, I said. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, this, this man fingers. is an honor. Merry Christmas, your filthy animal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Violent Night is a hell of a movie, by the way. I want to see yeah, it. I've seen it this weekend. It's a hell of a movie. And the, yeah, I bring that up because you 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 have to kind of think the correlation I'm trying to bridge here. I know I know what you're talking about, Stylist. Yep. But there's a lot of that in that movie. 